Welcome to Redeemer's Church Weekly Message Podcast, where our mission is simple. We're a church that is passionate about loving God and loving people. And now, we hope you enjoy this week's message by Pastor Dwight Bennett. It's been a long time since I've been at this pulpit. I've been in many pulpits over the last month, and I want to thank all of you for your prayers. Today we are starting a new series called Living the God Life. I am so excited because I lived life the other way, and then when I started living it God's way, man, nothing has ever been the same. Nothing has ever been the same. So I'm super juiced about getting started. I love this, what life looks like when God is at the center. Sometimes for us to put God at the center, we've got to realize who he is. So over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about that very thing. And so today, uh, we're going to talk about God's favor. Next week, we're going to see God's favor in demonstration. I'm going to give you a report from all the things that happened uh, in Africa, but I wanted to set this up first before I did that. Then we're going to talk about finding God's purpose. It's one of the things that I find most people ask me about all the time. Pastor, how can I know what God has in store for my life? And I've got four or five things that he's done in in our life that has brought us to the place that we are now. And I believe that they're going to super help you out for finding out what God has in store for your life. And so we're looking forward to that. So it's going to be a great series, a lot going on in this series. Uh, Batten down the hatches, buckle your seatbelt today. We're going to get through multiple scriptures in the word. We're going to talk about God's favor and why he favors you. It's so critical to understand why he favors you. And so Father, today I thank and praise you for being home and being with these great people today. I thank you, God, for all you do in our lives, through our lives, and because of our relationship with you, that our lives get to be a billboard, a banner. They get to be a a beacon of hope. They get to uh, be a place where joy is not only uh, internal, but it's exhibited as well. And so, Father, today we thank you for everything that we have. We thank you for this amazing worship service that sets us in this place to have our hearts opened and our lives alive to hear what your word has to say. And so, Father, I pray, God, that what I preach today inspires and encourages people. I pray, God, that it brings hope. I pray, God, that this word uh, brings adventure into people's lives because of knowing who they are in you. And so, Father, today, what an honor it is to be speaking your word to this group. And Father, we just give you praise in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. Come on now, I'm going to need some audience participation today. So as uh, Caleb said, amens are welcomed and uh, uh, they're asked for. When I was thinking about this series in Africa, I thought to myself, there's a million and one different ways that you can approach the topic of how to live uh, a life God's way, how to live the God life. But I chose that in the first message (coughs) that I would talk first about how amazing God is. Because until you understand the depth of how amazing God is, living a life in God's way can be a journey that finds no fulfillment or it finds a bunch of rules or it finds more regulations and it finds more hoops to jump through. But when you know who you 
are in Christ, how much he loves you, and what God has in store for your life, you begin to see the whole God life in a completely different perspective. We are the apple of God's eye. I say this all around the world. My God is amazing, and he can't help himself. He loves to bless his children. You were never an afterthought. As a matter of fact, your life was so planned out, your days and your destiny is so prepared for you because God has purposed it to be that way. And you're going to see in the scriptures today that God uh, 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 was thinking about you all the time of your life. So you need to plan that the days ahead of you are going to be much better than the days behind because the more you know about God, the more his favor finds you, the more his favor finds you, the more joy that fills your life, the more joy that, oh, come on. Now, you, you hear what I'm talking about here today? When we understand who we are in Christ, the Christ in us comes alive. The Bible tells us this in Ephesians 1.11, and I'm going to purpose to be like Pastor Caleb today and look at that big TV screen in front of me. Uh, uh, no holy jeans for me. I'm sorry. I'm 60. And I put on holy jeans one day, and I said, you're 60, okay? No holy jeans for you, okay? Golf pants and button-up shirts. That's what 60-year-old guys wear. Come on now. It is in Christ, listen to this, it is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose, he is working out in everything and everyone. The purpose of life that we have is far greater than our personal fulfillment. It's far greater than having peace of mind or even happiness. It's far greater than your family, your career, your wildest dreams and ambitions. And if you want to know why you were placed on this planet, that journey and that search has to begin with God. Because He is the one who created you for all of these things. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 2, 10 it says for we are God's masterpiece you're just not any piece you're God's masterpiece you're just not an afterthought you're his only thought now for we are God's masterpiece he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the things that he has planned for us long ago Listen to this, before our conversion to Christ, our lives were lived out seeking what we can do and have to some, come to some kind of place of significance or meaning. And, and we all do that, we still do that. But these things pale in comparison to what a redeemed new creation in Christ is meant to have through a relationship with Jesus. Those things that we seek out as people, men, women, uh, that we, we look for to find success, when we find those, there, there's always something else that we want to find. But when we find Jesus, we find a contentment in our heart that drives and motivates us to see first what he has in store for our lives because we are his masterpiece, his finest work. Somebody look at your neighbor and tell him you are God's masterpiece. Hallelujah. 
In Psalm 139, verses 15 and 16, the Bible says this. It says, you know me inside and out. Now, I'm going to give an example here about how amazing God is. This example could be PG-13 to some of you. And so uh, if you want to close your children's ears right now, that's okay. But I'm telling you, God gave me this example and I can't get off of it. You are his masterpiece. He knew you inside and out. And as a matter of fact, in that beautiful art of making children, there's millions of things that come from the male, and there's so many things that come from the female, if you know what I'm talking about here. And those wonderful things from the male swim up through that beautiful female, and they find and locate that one egg that's that special thing. Millions of them do that. But one special one makes the connection with that one special egg inside of a woman and life is born. That is no accident. God knows exactly which swimmer is going to find the the greatest pond to swim in and do what he needs to do to make your life happen. You are God's workmanship. You are God's masterpiece. These things just aren't incidental or accidental. He knows you inside and out. He knows every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made, bit by bit, how I was sculpted from nothing into something. You saw me before I was born and scheduled each day of my life before I began to breathe. Every day was recorded in your book. Now listen, it's okay right now to feel an overwhelming sense of excitement in knowing that the God that we serve knows you that intimately and he wants to lead and guide you through life by his word and as Pastor Caleb said, by his voice. Why would God create all, go to all this trouble to create us and not want to lead us? Why would God go through all this trouble to make us and not want to speak to us? Well, listen, my God and your God, he's alive and well. And when we get to that place to where we allow him to lead us by his word and by his voice, he takes us to a place of adventure that will blow your mind. Blow your mind. See, that's who God is. He's not some passive God who's just looking to get you through life. No, he wants to create you so you can be in the center of life. And then he wants to bring multiple blessings to your life. Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, you can turn there or you can look on the screen. It says this, and Paul has an incredible insight, some inspiration from God as I was reading these scriptures in Ephesians, what God has shown him was far beyond what anyone had known at that time. And Paul writes this to the church of Ephesus, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. How did we become united with Christ? Because he went to the cross for us. Uh, communion is the, should, it's the number one point of my message today. We are who we are because of what Christ has provided for us. 
in his death. That the, somebody ought to say amen to that. Come on now. We cannot be anything without what Christ has done for us. See, Christ in his death, he became the curse for us. He became sin for us. And what was lost in that identity in the garden in Genesis chapter 3 was recreated for us on the cross. And through the blood of Jesus, he has brought us to a place that when we are united with him now, those blessings that we were supposed to have from the very beginning have been opened us uh, up to us again today. Come on now. That is an amazing thing when you think about the price that Jesus paid to reconnect us to that place of favor that God wants us to have. Even before, listen to this, he made the world. Think of this. God loved us. Even before he made the world, God loved us. Accidents don't happen. I don't care what the circumstance of your birth is. I don't care if you were born out of wedlock. I don't care if you were born uh, to people who don't love you anymore. I don't care how you came into this earth. It was no accident because God has brought you to not only be in this world, but to know him and to understand how much he loves you. God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Listen to verse 5. God decided in advance, come on, in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. So when you're going before the Father and you think you're bringing something that's too deep, too, too hard for him to handle, don't think that way. He's the one who brought you into this world and he brought you in for his great pleasure. Everything about who you are and what your life is a part of is what God wants to be with you in. Turn with me, if you would, to Isaiah chapter 46. And this is my uh, last scripture I want to read in this section that I call identifying who you are in Christ. We've got to understand who we are and whose we are. In Isaiah 46, Isaiah says this. He says, listen to me, descendants of Jacob, and all you who remain in Israel, I have cared for you since you were born. Okay, right from the hit. I will be your God throughout your lifetime. All the days of your life are, are, are in his hands. Your birth, the time that, that you live, uh, I've carried you before you were born. I will be your God throughout your lifetime until your hair is white with age. I made you. I will care for you. I will carry you along and save you. Now, that doesn't sound like a promise from a God who's, who's uh, uh, aloof to what you're going through or doesn't know where you're at or he, he, he hasn't participated in your life up to this point. But the grand connector is when we make Jesus Christ our personal Savior, we are connected into a place of God's favor. And when we are connected into God's favor, we're connected into something that's extremely amazing. Now, what is favor? How, what is favor? Well, I'm going to put this up on the screen. And I want you to see a definition of what favor is so that you can be aware of exactly where we're going with this. Favor is, designed, is defined as receiving preferential treatment 
and special privileges. Remember last week when I was closing the service wanting to preach so badly, but I refrained myself from preaching, I brought out my Sam's Club card. And I talked to you about when you purchase a Sam's Club card, it gives you special privileges. Well, one of those privileges is gas that's about 30 cents cheaper. And yesterday, there were a million people at Sam's Club taking advantage of that special privilege. And as a matter of fact, I had to just drive off in a way there were just too many people that got gas. But when, when, when you receive God, when you receive his favor... You receive preferential treatment and special privileges, many of them that you're not even aware of. They happen to you and through you and around you every day, and you're not even aware of all of these things, but many things that he does you're keenly aware of. God is putting upon you his special affection and influence so that others will be inclined to like what you do and cooperate with you. That's divine favor. God's favor in your life is his power working in you so you can live a victorious life. It is the power needed to break through and overcome the barriers that life places in our pathway. What kind of barriers could possibly be in our pathway that God's favor would bring us into a different place in? Well, I'm glad you asked because I have a couple examples of that. First is this, and this last trip, it was, uh, it was a battle in 23 different ways. Every day was a new battle. And the enemy is keenly aware of what we're doing now in Africa, and he doesn't like it a bit. So at the very end of the trip, we were uh, flying from Uganda through Rwanda back to Burundi so we could take our flight home. We get to Rwanda. And uh, that starts flashing on the screen, flight delay, flight delay, flight delay. And uh, it, it ended up that they had a mechanical problem on that plane that, could, that we could not get back to Bunjabora in time to catch our flight. Once you miss the first flight, you, they cancel your entire ticket. So we were thinking like, wow, this is not good. How are we going to work this out? And we called United Airlines and, oh, you bought this through a travel agent. We can't do anything to help you. It's like, what do you mean you can't do anything to help us? All you got to do is push three buttons and you can make it so that we can fly. We can get back to Uganda and fly out of there like we never missed the flight in the first place. Oh, no, we can't help you with that. So it was like, okay, so we go back to Rwanda Airlines. you got to help us. They're like, hey, man, we can't help you. And I'm thinking to myself, We're, you know, they're not going to do anything. They can't. A mechanical part problem in an airport in Africa is, is like this. It's a huge deal. It's, it's the biggest deal that you can ever imagine. So I said, Father, what are we going to do? And he said, go look at the flight board and see if you can get back to, he said, see if you can back. He already knew we could. So there was an 8 o'clock flight back to Entebbe. And so we went to Rwanda Airlines and shook the trees and, oh, I don't think we can do that, blah, blah, blah. I said, no, dude, you are going to do that. You are going to put us back on that flight. This is going to work. And so it ended up last second running to the airplane. They get us on that flight. Now, we have no idea how are we going to handle this when we get into Uganda. So I text Bishop uh, Godfrey, who's got a thousand connections in that nation. God's favor is upon him. See, 
Let me just tell you this. You want to hang around with people who have God's favor as well as having it yourself, okay? Because that's how God connects life in the kingdom. So we are running to the airplane. I'm texting Bishop Godfrey, headed back to Uganda, missed our flight to Burundi. Can you, do you have anyone at the airport that can help us? I hit send, fly back up into my seat. We're heading down the runway. My phone is pinging. And Bishop Godfrey says, there will be a lady named Alex waiting for you on the tarmac, and she will take care of everything. So I pushed, uh, you know, thank God, that's great. And then we went up. It was the worst takeoff we had all trip. We pitched and bounced and tumbled. And I'm in the plane out loud going, Orabakayata, sutata. And Chuck's in front of me laughing, you know, at this, but I don't care. Uh, you know, I want some clear air. I don't, I, I'm, I'm taxed at this point. 23 days into the trip, I'm taxed. And I need the Holy Ghost to help me out. So we land in Uganda. It's 10 o'clock. At 11 o'clock, they close. Uh, if Ian was here, I'd ask him what that is. It's called closing the billing for the flight. And if you're not on that flight by 11 o'clock, you, you don't get to get on the plane. So this flight flies once a week on Sunday. So here we are. It's like I, we are not missing this flight. Father, we just thank you for that. We land. Here's Alex. She says, sends a lady over to the baggage people. They grab our bags. She says, follow me. We go to where everybody in the whole free world has to get COVID tested for the 83rd time. I had seven COVID tests while I was in Africa, and they wanted one more, and Alex said, these people are not going through the COVID test. They've already been tested. They've got a plane to catch. She passes us by there. We go by military guards, and they're like, we need to check their bags. And she said, you are not checking their bags. These men have already been checked enough today. They've got to get place after place after place. And so we finally get to one place where they have to put our bag, our backpack through. Now, mind you, we got no idea where our bags are. We got no idea. And you know what? Personally, I don't really care at this point. That bag could come in June, July, August. It had a bunch of stinky, dirty clothes and about 33 pounds of gift coffee in there. And I didn't care if I ever got it. I just wanted to see it on the plane. So we get upstairs and Alex already has the lady at Brussels Airline doing her deal. And so she does her deal, and at 3 till 11, she hands us our boarding passes to get back on the flight. Now look, there would have been nothing that we could have done on our own, but because we function in the realm of God's favor, these things happen when they could never happen on your own. God's favor is amazing, absolutely amazing. My brother and I took a spring training trip to Arizona. And so we have a few Marriott friend connectors. And so we looked at the Marriott. There's a brand new Marriott opening up. So I click onto there. I get hotel rooms at this Marriott. And uh, we come in. It's brand new. It doesn't look like any Marriott I've ever been to. It's got this huge foyer and, and all of this stuff. And then we're checking in. The lady says, hey, you guys are here at the right week. We go, really? So they said, oh, yeah, this is the grand opening week. They said, all week long, we're going to have four buffets full of food. I said, really? Four buffets full of food? Yes, and don't forget tomorrow to be down here at 10 o'clock. J.W. Marriott himself is going to be here saying hello to the guests. 
and so will the owner, uh, Bobby Fenbarb. So we're like, okay, this is crazy. So we had to rush and get to a Dodgers game that day. And so we come back, and my brother's like, this is crazy. It's like, what, 39 bucks for this hotel? We're going to have dinner all week, and, and we're going to meet J.W. Marriott. Yeah, so we get up in the morning. Sure enough, there's J.W. Marriott. He's saying hello to everybody. There's Bobby Fenbarb, the guy that owns this. And we shake his hand. I just start talking to him. I said, our are those your relatives over there? They, she said that. He said, no, that's my wife's parents. They're from Cuba. And I said, really? I said, I've been to Cuba twice. He goes, no way. You've been to Cuba? Hold on a minute. He takes me over to the parents. I'm meeting Bobby Finbarb's in-laws. This guy's richer than the day is long. We've already said hello to J.W. Marriott. Now we're in front of their parents. So I tell them where I've been in Cuba. They tell us where they've lived, similar places. They even knew some of the churches we were at. And so his father-in-law whips out his card and says, whenever you're in Puerto Rico, he said, you are staying with me. So I'm like, okay, this is good. So we walk back. Bobby goes, I've never seen him ever do that before. And I'm like, you're the owner. You don't have to spend time with me. And it's like, no, he's going to spend time with us. So we go and eat uh, off three of the buffets, and we head to a, a Giants game that day. And my brother's in the car going, who are you? What is the deal with this? Every place we go, this happens to us. And I said, I don't know, dude, but it's, it's great. We'll just keep doing the do. We'll do the God thing. So we get back into our hotel the next night, and we see the NCAA regional is in Arizona, Scottsdale. And so we were like, dude, we can't miss this. We'll go to the Dodgers game in the morning, and then in the afternoon we'll head down, and we'll do the do on tickets, we'll, we'll, whatever it costs. And when, when I say we say whatever it costs, that means Greg says Whatever it ha hi bro, I know you're probably watching me right now, and so uh, I'm, I'm telling on you. I'm telling them how much you love me. Okay, so so we get down to the stadium, and uh, we 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 no more parked our car till a guy is knocking on our windshield, and he says, "Hey, I don't know if you guys have tickets or not." He said, but these two were tickets from my uh, sons. They couldn't come. If you would just give me money for one of them or, or just take them, I don't care. I just want to give them to somebody. So, and then, so my brother bought one of the two tickets. And so we're walking into the arena and we sit like 12 rows up from the floor. I mean, these just aren't any tickets. These are killer tickets. And so we sit in the seat, and my brother looks at me, and he's like, who are you? Every place we go, something amazing happens because you're here. And I'm telling you, that's God's favor. See, when we have God's favor in our life, we're just walking around. As I said, my father can't help himself. He has to bless his children. Now, do I sit around every day thinking, oh, what's my blessing going to be today? No, I don't. Do I sit around thinking, you know, that, that God's going to chase me down today? No, I don't. But he so often reminds me of those things that it gets out of control at times. Turn with me to uh, Genesis chapter 12. Let's quickly look at the life of Abraham. Let me ask you, is anyone interested in God's favor in your life? Anybody at all? Just lift your hand if you're interested in God's favor. Well, I'm glad that some of you are. And if, you, if you're not interested, you won't get it. Because his favor comes to those who believe. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you that. 
We can't be double-minded in these ideologies. It's not wrong to say, I want God's favor in my life. Because when God's favor comes in your life, the things you get to do for him are incredible. They're, they're unbelievable. They're outlandish, actually. So in Genesis 12.1, now I want you to understand, where do you get the right to receive these blessings? I think it's critical that you understand this. The Lord said to Abram, leave your country, your relatives, and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. Verse 2, and I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. And you will be a what? Read it out loud. Blessing to others. This is what it's all about. See, God's favor isn't about just sucking it in and taking it. It's about taking what he's giving you and then passing it back around. Okay? Take your part and then pass it around. Because there's always more. Remember when he fed the 4,000 to 5,000? What were there? Leftovers. Why? Because God never just does enough. Why? Because he can't help himself. Oh, living the God life, you have to understand what you're in for. Amen? Yeah. Woo! Verse 3 says this. It says, so Abram left Egypt and traveled, uh, that's verse 4, isn't it? No, that's, that's 13. Okay, I'm going back here. That's, that's 13, I don't want to get ahead there. Verse 3 says, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. Listen, God's got his eye on you. He's not only watching you, but he's watching those who watch you. He's watching those who want to trip you up. He's watching those that don't like your life and don't like that you're favored. And he's got his eye on those too. He's there to, to watch out for you, to bless you, and curse those who treat you with contempt. I'm telling you, this God doesn't play games. And he's amazing in his love for his children. And listen, all the families on the earth will be blessed through you. That's what he says. Now, I want you to understand something. When we look at Genesis 13, 1 and 2, it gives a rendition of Abraham's blessings. It, Abram, at that time, it says Abram had tons of cattle, tons of livestock, tons of land, and tons of silver. See, there was something that God was doing in positioning Abraham to have a testimony of God's favor so that the families of every generation can see that which was given to, to Abraham can be yours as well. And so the example had to be in, in Abram's life. Now, turn with me, if you would, to Galatians chapter 3. Because you would say, Pastor, you whip out these Old Testament uh, uh, analogies, and what does that really do for us? Well, in Genesis chapter 3, the, 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 I mean, Galatians uh, 3, is that where I want to be? Yep, Galatians 3. Uh, it says in Galatians 3, it says this in verse 14, through Christ Jesus, everything comes through Jesus. God has blessed the Gentiles with what? The same blessing. Come on, somebody read this with me. He has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. Come on now, listen. 
We are in a position of just receiving. When Pastor Caleb said, I want to pray for you today and I want you to put your hands in the receiving position, he was praying that whatever was happening in your life, God's favor would come upon you, touch it, remove it from you, and dust you off and get you sitting straight again and strong again so that you can move forward to the place that God has in store for your life. See, When we talk about God's favor, we're not just talking about something that we're trumping up into some form of prosperity message. What we're talking about is how God blesses you in every fact and segment of your life. He blesses you spiritually. How many of you were in the midst of worship today and there was just something going on with you? You were just happy as a lark, man. You were just singing, loving on God. I had tears coming out of my eyes today. It was so incredible. Why? Because that's a favor connection. The Bible says when we praise God, his favor comes upon us. Mm, I don't think you caught that. When we praise God, that's why when you come in on Sunday morning, it's like, get, no, get your, get your good look on. Get your, get your praise on. Because God's going to touch you in the midst of that worship. So when we look at the way the Apostle Paul tied in from uh, the, the blessing of Abraham, we see that God intends to not just bless Israel, he intends to bless us all, all of the, the Gentiles. Now listen to me, I want you to understand this. It is critical, Caleb, for you to find the favor of the Lord because Zeke needs it, Gideon needs it, and Ella needs it. And what you get from God is transferred to your family and your entire family from generation to generation. Steve and Jill, that's why it's so important for have done what you guys have done in loving your family because it's transferred down to them now. It's important what Tammy and I did for Allison because together now their children and their children's children are going to live off the favor that comes in our life, and they're going to have their own as well. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, this God favor thing is huge. It's huge. It's huge. It's really, really, really big. Huge. It's huge. It's huge. See, when God just begins to do the do, and when he d- does what he does, it's not about who you are or what you make or where you work. This is so far beyond that. See, when I told my boss at McDonnell Douglas that I was uh, going to transition into the ministry, and, you know, he always said to me, where's your old lady work? Ooh. <laughs> I said, she stays at home and, and, and mothers our children. She's the general of our household. She is the one that's the glue that keeps everything together. Well, I know what you make here. How do you make it? I said, look, uh, John, I said, McDonnell Douglas isn't my source. I said, God is my source. And so when I went into him to turn in my two-week notice to tell him that I was going into the ministry, he said, well, how much are they going to pay you? And I told him, and he goes, how are you going to make it? I said, when are you ever going to learn? I said, it doesn't matter. Redeemer's church is not my paycheck. God is my provider. I just go where he tells me to do, and then he does what he does best. He takes care of his children. 
And I'm telling you that Tammy and I should not even remotely be in the place we are personally. We should not be having a two and a half acre lot with a beautiful ranch home. We should not be driving a couple nice cars. We should not be, we should not be, we should not be because, or else we should be in debt up to our ears. But we are not in debt and we are where we are because our God has had favor on our life. And I'm not ashamed to say it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ashamed to talk about it. Talk about it. Come on, talk about it. That was your line. You should have said that back to me. But anyway, I'm trying to prime your pump here. So every year, Tammy and I take the grandbabies on, you know, grand, grandbaby week. Character, we call it character camp. It's Bennett's character camp. So we were in Florida. We were hanging out with our friends. And uh, uh, we have friends that God's had great favor on their life. And we were just sharing how we do the do with our grandbabies and everything. And so one of our friends has a cabin, beautiful cabin, up in the, uh, the Blue Ridge Mountains in Georgia. And uh, so he went to Tammy and I, he said, hey, if you guys ever want to just take your grandkids, thank you, Mark, if you're watching, I appreciate it. I'm telling on you as well. And he said, you can just give me a call. So, you know, you're like, does he really mean it? You know what I mean? If somebody says that, and then when you really do call, they're like, well, dude, we really can't do. So I did. I called him. And Mark said, absolutely, you know, block out these days. We'll tell the people, uh, you know, the rental company, don't rent the, the place to you. And so we got to stay at his cabin, which is multiple hundreds of dollars a night uh, for that. And we took all the grandbabies down there. And uh, no, the four oldest grandkids, yes. No, that's right, that's right, sorry. The young kids go to a different camp. They went to Shawnee State Lodge, and they did not give it to us for free. That's right. Uh, don't be a hater, Abby, okay? Your, your kids will grow up, and they'll get to be... We tried Gia with the upper group. It just wasn't happening real good. So anyway... So we go to our character camp in this cabin, in this beautiful setting in the Blue Ridge Mountains and had the finest five days we have ever had in a Bennett character camp. And why? Because God's favor was upon us. You know, that is not where we would have stayed. We would have not been able to afford that. But it doesn't matter what I have in my wallet because my father has everything that I need. What is that called? I'm glad you asked. It's God's favor. God's favor in our lives is what brings us to that place. Galatians declares that that same blessing of Abraham is on our life. And when you are blessed, it boils down and, and, and rolls down to everyone who's in contact with you. God's favor is an amazing thing. Let's stand. I want to make a declaration. Everybody stand with me. Hallelujah. I want to make a declaration. Put this on the board. Okay, I want us all to read this together. Starting, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for who you are and all that you have done in my life. I thank you that I am a seed of Abraham and the blessing of Abraham has come to me through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Just as Abraham walked in supernatural favor, I too walk in your favor in every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.
Stay standing. Yes, come on. Give the Lord a praise offering. I am not a quarter through my notes today. Praise the Lord. And so, so I know, I knew, I knew this is ridiculous when I wrote it down. Because if I come up with stuff like Pastor Caleb has, you're in trouble. You want me coming to the pulpit with a napkin, okay? That's the best message you want to hear from me. But listen, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to take and I'm going to, I'm going to move uh, what I had for next week to the following week. I'm staying on this because this is incredible stuff. And uh, I got so many more things that I want to share with you about God's favor, how to walk in it, how to find it, how to keep it, how to motivate it. And I want you to, to see and be a part of this. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for opening up this idea that we can live in the God life that we can live in a place that, that you have designed for us to be. It's not what we did, it's what you've done. It's not who we are, it's who you are. And you can't help yourself. You love to bless your children. You love to bring favor upon us. Why? Because you've called us as your masterpiece to do good work for you. And to do that work, we've got to have favor in so many ways, shapes and forms. And so, Father, today, as we have began this series on living the God life, I pray that we can take everything that Pastor Caleb so amazingly preached over the last month and transition and build upon that, that we can know who we are in Christ, know whose we are, and that we can know that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. All those who rise up against us will fall because your favor is upon us. And so, Father, today I begin in this living the God life to just pray a blessing upon each person who is assembled here. Let your favor come upon them. Let your blessings flow in them. Let the adventures that you have planned for them begin to uh, uh, meditate and, and, and uh, uh, marinate in their souls. Let your love and your life just come upon them. We thank you, Father, that we are no accident that you perfectly positioned us exactly where we are. So let us learn and know how to operate in this kingdom life that you have given us. And so, Father, today, as I just end this blessing upon this congregation, I thank you, God, for everything that has occurred up to this point in our destiny with you. But, Father, I know what you have for ahead of us is even greater than where we are right now. And, Father, let your favor find us as we move forward. And, Father, today I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. We hope you were challenged, encouraged, and inspired as you listened to this teaching from God's Word. For more messages or information about our church, please go to www.redeemers.life.